Good evening, family. I am Daryl S. I am a compulsive overeater, and I have earned my way into this room. I live in Scottsdale, Arizona, and it is a privilege. Uh, more so, it's an honor to be with you. So I want to thank Kathy for inviting me. And moderator, I want to thank you for your service. Again, I'm Daryl S., compulsive overeater. I'm recovered in living in steps 10, 11, and 12. We're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, I, I don't, uh, yeah, and I'm very familiar with this with this meeting. I, I was the moderator for the Tuesday night for probably five or six years, uh, and uh, and 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 yet that uh, that didn't. Uh, the service was incredibly important for me. I had moved out of the Bay Area, and uh, there were really no uh, Northern California Bay Area. There were no meetings where I was living, and. And I held on um, to, to to being able to do service. Um, I, I hadn't reached the level of humility that I had in in the the last previous year. Um, so, but I most appreciate being able to moderate that meeting and stay connected with the family. Who knows what could have happened? Because about three years prior to this last year. Um, right before COVID, I went into what I referred to then as a slippery slope, a white knuckle period of my abstinence um, that now I look at and and fully understand that, that, that it was a relapse. Now, let, let me talk a little bit about what it was like. I don't spend a lot of time with that. I'd, I'd much rather talk to you about the solution, um, of which has been fortified for me o over this last year. Uh, with a level, as I mentioned, of humility that I had, I had yet to attain. And I'll let you know what it took to do that. But uh, let me qualify and, and, and just let the, my friends and family know how, how I uh, gained my access into the room and, and how I, I most deservingly uh, uh, earned my seat in, in these rooms. So I came into OA90 on February 9th from, by way of another meeting. I had thrown my last bag of marijuana over the neighbor's fence on December 25th of uh, 2009. And uh, three days later, I got tight and uh, manufactured a fight with my wife so that I could go to the golf course and use uh, with some friends of mine. And uh, when I left and got in my car and was pulling out of the driveway, or my garage, rather, I hadn't got out of the driveway yet, but pulling out of the garage, my wife came out trembling and said, if you leave now, we're done. Now, that was in 2009, as I'd mentioned. We'd already been together uh, for 20 years, and uh, she was my best friend, still is. Um, and, uh, and I knew that, uh, that uh, she meant it. And so I turned off the, I pulled, the car back in the garageway, turned off the uh, the uh, ignition and went in. And we sat on the couch for about 10 minutes, quiet. I grabbed her hand. I said, what do I need to do to get your trust back? And she said, get help. And I knew what to do. Um, I had, I had uh, in, in my church, I had known a good friend uh, who uh, was uh, in recovery. Uh, I knew about the uh, 12 steps. I, I, I knew that steps four, five, six, uh, were probably steps that, uh, especially particularly five, were step were things in my life that I was going to take to my grave. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that uh, tonight too. And uh, but I knew what to do, and 
that night on December 28th, um, I called my friend, went to my very first uh, recovery meeting. It was a celebrate recovery meeting. And and I felt magic in the room. And I, and I saw joy and I saw happiness. The very following night, I went to my very first 12-step meeting. I stood up in that room and I introduced myself as Daryl, an addict. Um, I was... Uh, Uh, At that point, really knew nothing about OA, but I did know that uh, I was uh, uh, struggling and uh, with a, a, at that time, a 40-year friend of mine uh, that goes by the name of Mary Jane, and uh, she had me, And, uh, and, and she worked until she didn't work anymore. And so that night I stood up at a, at a meeting. It was an, actually an NA meeting. It was not an MA meeting, but that was the meeting that I, I happened to, to go to. It was the only meeting in 12 steps that I've ever gone with my wife, and she went with me. And when I stood up that night and I said, hi, I'm Daryl. I'm an addict, and everybody said hello to me, um, something changed in me. And uh, we went through the meeting. Uh, a gentleman walked up to me at the end of the meeting and gave me his card and said, when the dogs start to bark, give me a call. I called him shortly. Uh, a few days afterwards, he became one of my first sponsors and uh, in, in that program. And, uh, and on the way home that night, I said to my wife, I said, uh, you know, I, I something. And now she had heard me uh, quit and swear it off and throw it away and never to do it again. And, to use secretly for, you know, uh, and privately uh, uh, in or out of the home for a decade. And, uh, but that night something changed in me. And I think it was putting those two words together. And it was when willingness and desperation met honesty. It was the convergence of those three things. And uh, sure enough, my compulsion to marijuana has never returned still to this day. And about 45 days later, I was in another meeting, an MA meeting at this time. It was a circle meeting. We were all in a circle, everybody introducing themselves. On the way to that meeting, I remember what I was wearing. I remember what uh, that night. I remember where I was sitting. And and in in that room, um, when it got to me, uh, on the way over, I knew that uh, – uh, well, prior to getting into the room, I knew that that this 45 days into this program, I knew that introducing myself as an addict had some kind of effect on me. And uh, I was ready at, at that time, 335 pounds, down from 355 from my third uh, tour of Jenny Craig. And I knew I was getting ready to fire her again. And uh, for various reasons. But... Um, um, you know, when you, uh, at 335 pounds, when you introduce yourself as a compulsive overeater, you know, you think in your mind, well, maybe nobody knows, but, uh, uh, that's a little tough to, to hide. You've got some sort of an issue with food, right? 335 pounds. So that night I said, you know, that, 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 that was kind of magical when 45 days ago, when I introduced myself as an addict. So that night, I introduced myself as an addict. Hi, I'm Daryl. I'm an addict, and I'm a compulsive overeater. I've never put those words together, ever. And I just said, I, I'm, an, I'm a compulsive overeater. I never knew that there was an OA program for compulsive overeaters, undereaters, bulimics, et cetera. But I said it. And that night after the meeting, a gal walked up to me, and she put her phone in front of my face. 
She said, that was me 10 months ago. I said, oh, my God, I didn't recognize her. We struck up a conversation. She said to me, come to find out that I had an allergy to sugar and flour. Well, I, I had struggled with food long enough and nutrition and whatnot and gotten some advice and struggled with my weight long enough. I was 57 years old at the time. Um, and uh, it struck, uh, it piqued my curiosity. And we struck up a conversation. And to come to find out, I, I had I had heard before that, you know, we, we, we crave some things that, that we're allergic to, you know. So if you're allergic to a mushroom, you might be, you know, you might eat too many mushrooms, you know, because you start to crave it. For some reason, there's a phenomenon that I'm completely unfamiliar with. Of course, today, I'm very familiar with it. Um, she invited me to my very first OA meeting the next night. That was February 9th of 2010. I walked into that room. I know what, again, what chair I sat in. She was next to me, and she's still a very good friend of ours. Um, and uh, she has a very strong recovery. Some people on this line may know her. Um, but at any rate, uh, I felt the magic in the room, and I heard my story. And the, the gentleman that spoke that night became my sponsor. I walked up to him at the end of the meeting. I knew that I thought that was a little crazy about the sugar flour thing, weighing and measuring. Uh, but I, I knew that, you know, I could try it. I, I felt something. I felt I felt a magic in the room. And and I thought, well, you know, I I could try this for 30 days and see how it goes. And I could always hire Jenny Craig back if if, if I wasn't able to do it. And so I, I went up to the gentleman that spoke that night. He became my sponsor. I got struck absent on February 15th. And uh, I've, I've never, ever returned to sugar and flour. And I've weighed a majority of my meals. And uh, and I'll fast forward there and, and let you know that uh, the, uh, I, I spent the next seven or eight years in recovery until I thought that I had it. And... Uh, and though there's no one that graduates from this program, there's no one that is cured of the allergy, of the obsession that we're going to briefly talk about tonight, uh, I, I thought that I deserved a handful of notes. And, uh, and so I did. And uh, so uh, over the next three years, I white-knuckled handfuls of nuts, uh, playing around with my food plan, still calling it in, still keeping my sponsors, still still doing service, still going to meetings, still whatnot. But in my mind, uh, I was justifying this handful of nuts uh, and occasional slips as I'm okay. But over a year period of time, uh, 15 pounds came back on me. And over three years period of time, about 45 pounds came back on me. And uh, prior to the beginning of this year in late December, I sat in my chair. I was still recovering from some back surgery and not as active as I could be, which had a little bit to do with why I was I, I had picked up some of the weight. But uh, uh, there was a 355-pound man that was inside of me. And uh, one day, uh, it wasn't a white light, room-spinning sexual or uh, sex. My bad. Uh, spiritual experience. Uh, like Bill explains in his in his uh, uh, in, in the book, but it was an experience that I had, and that 355 pound man got up and walked out of me, and uh, went uh, two or three feet in front of me, turned around, 
and shook his finger at me and said, see, I told you, I got you. You're mine. And it scared me. And I, uh, I picked up the phone. I called my food sponsor. I told him that I hadn't been honest with him. And he, uh, he empathized with me. I asked him what I should do. And he says, you're going to have to come back and start over as if you knew nothing. And he gave me the set aside prayer. Um, I did. I, 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 I got real uh, with this uh, grave, grave illness and, uh, and, 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 and my mortality. And uh, I, I got a new food plan and um, uh, not my plan that I had given him uh, seven years ago from another sponsor. I now got his food plan and, uh, and, I, and he told me what to do and uh, I did it. And it was shortly after that, in the first of this year, so it's been about a year ago, I got on a, a, a life-saving, incredibly uh, uh, potent meeting called Vision for You. It's a morning meeting. It happens twice a day on Mondays through Fridays. And uh, there was a gentleman on that that I'd heard uh, inside of one or two days. And it was a man that I had heard of. And uh, I got on their website. I found his number. I called him. I gave him my story. And when it got to my telling him over the last three years that, you know, I had decided what I had, why a handful of nuts, what could it do to hurt me? And he stopped me. And he went on for what sounded like an eternity but it was at least two or three minutes on why and what that handful of nuts wanted from me. Now here was a man that was 700 pounds that had been abstinent for 25 years. He'd been in program for 40 years. So there can tell you what it took for him to learn it. And, and here I am in this situation and uh, it inspired me. And uh, with, within a few days uh, or so from there, I went on to the vision meeting, heard another man talk uh, and uh, talk about uh, his fifth step experience. I called him and I asked him if he would take a fifth step for me. And he said, well, why do you want to start at the fifth step? And at that point, I had no good answer for him. So I immediately got started with him and uh, we got busy in the first step and we got busy in the doctor's opinion now i had never gone through the book before and i had read the book in fact my first sponsor that i met that 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 fateful night of february 15 2010 had me re rewrite really uh the the first seven or eight chapters five thank you had me had me rewrite each each paragraph in my own words and yet I had never read the doctor's opinion. And I found out that the doctor's opinion was to, was to tell me of the problem, which is the allergy, the obsession, and the mental blank spot, that, that twist of the mind, that short memory. And so I want to talk with the, the time that I have left of, of some of the, the, the great myths and, and, and the, the dichotomies of our, our program and some of the truths. Some of the great dichotomies is that food was not my problem. It was actually the solution to my problem. And, and, and that th this is not a me way of life. It, it's a we solution. It's the group. It's the, it's, the, it's the power of the group and the fellowship. It's actually, it's actually me and God. And, and, 
And it's, it's a selfish program to that extent, but it's a giving away of, 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 of living in the 10th, 11th, and, and 12th step of being of service and support to others. God uses us uh, in a fellowship. Why? To serve him. Because his will for us is to be well. That's it. That's, uh, his will is for us to be well. Why? So we can serve him. It doesn't matter who or what a, a high power is. As long as we find that, and for me, it's my Lord and Savior. Doesn't matter what yours is, as long as you believe in one, and and that'll change. It'll evolve. Some of the other great myths are is that we have to put our alcoholic foods down. There's no doubt about it. Absence has to come first. The only step that we need to take, friends, perfectly is step one. Step one. That's it. It's the only step that needs to be done perfectly, and then. We trudge the road of happy destiny through the rest of the steps, and we work with a qualified sponsor so that we can get to step 10 and get in a fit spiritual condition, like it says on page 86, through step 11, prayer and meditation, and then to go out and serve and, and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. So abstinence is not being recovered. It's being in recovery, but it's only part of it. We can't keep what we have until we give it away. And the recovery way of living is in steps 10, 11, and 12. Recovery is just a a consequence of a spiritual connection. Uh, It's it's vital uh, uh, for us to to do well and live God's will for for each other. So if, if we're more afraid of putting the food down, then we're afraid of picking it up. Then we're not ready for, for recovery. You, you've got you've to get ready. You need the convergence. I needed the convergence of being, there was lots of times I was willing. There were lots of times that I was desperate. But when willing and desperation and honesty merged, there was the convergence. Here are some of the great truths, my friend. If you've got a pen, write it down. Page 62. Selfishness is the root of, of our problems. It's, it's a spiritual malady. Page 64, spiritual awareness is the problem with a, with a psychic change has to be the solution. Step one is the only one we need to do perfect. And since we're powerless over everything, a greater power has to be the only solution that we have. We have to admit, we surrender, we clean house, we serve others. On page 28 it talks about a way of life. It's a design for living. Step six and seven is a change of thinking and a change of our behavior. So let's talk about the four, and I'll wrap with this, uh, moderator, the four impediments. What's key? If, if you were struggling like me, if you're new to the program, if you're trying to figure it out, if you're white-knuckling it, if, you're, if any of those things are an impediment, there are four impediments that are going to keep you from a recovered life. And I so trudgingly had to learn these. Here are the four spiritual impediments, friends. Number one, a resentment you will not let go of. Step four. Second, a secret you will not tell. Step five. Third impediment, a harmful thrill you will not stop. Step six and seven. And the fourth impediment that keeps us from being in a recovered state of living 
is a restitution you will not make. And when we can get beyond those impediments and, and do a, the, the most fearless and honest moral inventory of ourselves, when we can tell a secret that we're not willing to tell to another friend, when we can have a harmful thrill that we're not willing to stop and, and stop it by, by, by admitting it and working with it and, 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 and chipping away in step six and seven, and, and then make a restitution in eight and nine. We can move on. We can, we can have freedom. And, and, and we deserve it. We were created by a benevolent God who loves us, who can't lie. He cannot tell a lie. And so our spiritual solution in step one is, is honesty and, 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 and acceptance. And so if I judge less, if I'm able to figure out in Fine. my in my character defect, thank you, how I can lower the level of my judgment, the the condemnation uh, before I investigate a situation. If I can judge less, then I don't have to accept as as much. And if I can go through life without having to accept this, that, and the other, it seems like a good way to live. Friends, thank you so much for the time tonight. I do appreciate that. I'm not sure if you wanted a question, moderator, but if you'd like to end the recording, we can go from there. Thank you so much. God bless everybody.